Hey, why don't you go ahead and grab your Bibles now and go to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 6 is where we're going to be this morning as we wrap up this five-part series we've been in in the book of Nehemiah called Get Up and Work. As you go to Nehemiah chapter 6, you know, it was before Libby and I, my wife and I had kids, and we decided for a vacation that we would bike from Toronto to Quebec City. Yeah, myself now, my old self now would not consider that a vacation, but, but it seemed like a good idea at the time that we would get on our bicycles 100 miles a day and we would bike to Quebec City. And, and while we were making that trip, there were a lot of things that I would label as a battle in our quest to make it to Quebec City. So, some of it was, was maybe when there was a brutal headwind and you felt like, man, I don't, don't think we're going to get that far today or, or sore muscles or roads that weren't quite up to biking standards, but but there are numerous times where it wasn't a direct opposition that stopped us from biking to Quebec City. For me, there were numerous times when it was just a distraction. When, when I wouldn't be paying attention, I would see something going on and I would end up falling off of my bike. In fact, there was actually one time where we were biking in Montreal and, and we're kind of lost, not sure where we're going. And so I'm looking at the map that's on my handlebar bag and I, I'm looking at it and trying to figure, where are we? Just staring at this map, distracted by this map, looking. And finally, Libby calls from behind, Kai, I look up and hit the largest construction sign, I think in the province of Quebec, right in the face, knocks me back off my bike onto my back. And we've been tracking with the life of this guy, Nehemiah. This ordinary guy from the Old Testament. He wasn't a priest. He was not a, a pastor. He was not a warrior. He was not a king. He was an ordinary guy who gets up and works, who, who steps out on mission. But what we know is as soon as we start to make these moves, these spiritual moves, as soon as the work goes down, the opposition heats up. And the moment you start to step out on a mission for God, creating a movement, starting to move towards the things that God has called you to be. There's going to be resistance. But sometimes, sometimes the greatest tool of the enemy against us on mission is not to confront us head on with opposition, but to distract you. To, to take your eyes off of the mission, off of your calling, off of your purpose, and distract you from what God's called you to. So this morning, I want to talk about what does it look like to defeat these distractions. And sometimes we're so distracted, we step away from the mission that God's called us to. Some people are distracted even before the work begins, and, and so their life is marked as a, a life without purpose. But when you look at anyone who's been used by God, to make a difference in the world, it's somebody who has a life with a, a, distra with a, a direction, with a purpose. You'll, you'll find somebody who has that, that marriage. We're like, man, their marriage is just so godly. And it's because they have a, a purpose, a mission that they're looking towards in that marriage. You see the person who's, who's just knocking out of the park as a parent raising their kids in the gospel. Like, what, what is it? Because they had a specific purpose. Here's our plan for what we're going to do on this mission of being a parent. You see somebody with just a business that is successful, somebody who's in a ministry that God is using so greatly. There was a, a specific vision, a vision of, of what could be, what should be, according to what God has called us to where you would say, here's the picture of what I want to see in that, and here's how I'm going to get there. And then here's what I believe with all my heart. Listen, you were not created by accident, that you were created with a purpose. 
that, that in God's providential plan, he created you, he gave you gifts and passions, and he's placed eternity in your heart, that giving you this vision where you can see beyond the here and now, this God-given picture of something that could be and should be. As it says in Ephesians 2.10, that, that he has a work that he's prepared for you since before time began. And I've been praying all through this series that the Spirit of God would be speaking so clearly to each and every one of you, to, to speak to so many of you, to stir you, to shake you up, to move you, to inspire you, to step out on mission, the mission God's prepared for you. A specific work. That he would call you with a, a purpose and a plan, and it may be in your personal life. You're like, oh, this is it. This is what God is doing in my heart, that I need to get these things right, and i got a plan for this. It, it might be in your, your family, in your marriage, in your parenting. It might be here in our church. It might be out in our community. It might be to the nations, but, but God's called you to something. I mean, Nehemiah saw a great need. Because decades had passed since the Babylonians had taken Judah into captivity. And, and now decades have passed since they've been released again. They've been liberated. But the city of Jerusalem, the walls are in complete disarray. The people are vulnerable. They had no leadership, no direction, no vision, no hope. And Nehemiah started to get a burden for his people. He began to seek the heart of God, right? He felt that burden deeply. So he, he prays fervently, Lord, Lord, use me, send me. He then begins to plan and he moves out. He had a purpose. He had a clear vision. He had a, a mission he was on and he faced opposition. He pushed through it by God's grace. But what comes next in chapter 6? Was the enemy not just attacking head on anymore? He sought to distract Nehemiah. And there are many people that aren't living their lives on mission that are not getting up to do the work that God's called to do. And the reason is not opposition. The reason is distraction. The problem is that the daily grind of life is so hard on vision and mission. And life can be so full of distractions that, that, our, that our vision can be lost, our passion can be lost, and our, our mission can be ended. And we end up flat on our backs with, with no purpose other than, I just got to get through the day. One of the greatest tragedies is that many of us know what we could and should be doing for the Lord. We know what God's called us to, but we're just not doing it. Why? Because life's in the way. We're struggling because there's so many distractions. I mean, life is now, bills are now, crisis is now, vision is later. It's so easy to begin living just moment by moment, day by day. We, we sacrifice what's really important. We sacrifice what's really great just for the good enough. That's why so many of us end up with marriages that are far from what God's vision would be for our marriages. That's why so many end up in, in relationships with their children that are so different from what God promised it could be. It's why so many live so far off of the mission that they could be called to. And it's not because we don't know what could be or should be from God's perspective. No, we get so busy living that what could be is lost in what is. And we never end up living our lives for the greater mission. If we're going to walk this out, if we're going to get up and work for God to use us for greater things, we have to learn how to defeat, how to deal with, how to handle distractions. Because if the devil can't destroy you, he'll get very excited simply by distracting you. 
If the devil can't destroy you, he will distract you. You see, you come to Nehemiah chapter 6, and, and things are moving along really good. In fact, the mission's almost done. Look at verse 1. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1 says, When Sanballat and Tobiah and Gesh and the Arab and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it, although up until that time I had not set the doors in the gates, Nehemiah is saying, man, we're almost done. This wall went up. The only thing left is to, to hang some doors up in the gates, and we're going to be done this. And in this moment, Nehemiah is about to face three distractions that could have killed the mission. Keep reading, look at verse 2 of chapter 6. It says, Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, come and let us meet together at Hek, someplace, in the plain of Ono. But they intended to do me harm. Verse 3, and I sent messengers to them saying, I'm doing a great work, I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? Verse 4. And they said to me four times in this way, and I answered them in the same manner. Listen, the first distraction we can face is this, the distraction of opportunities. I mean, the, the first tip off here for Nehemiah should have been that they were coming to, hey, meet us in the plains of, oh, no, I don't think that's not a good place to go, right? No, no, here's what it is. What are they doing? They're trying to draw him 20 miles away. Likely why? Because they want to kill him, ambush him, take him off mission. I mean, this was a distraction that literally could have killed Nehemiah. Now, we watch this whole thing going down. We're reading through verses 1 to 4, and we kind of see it from the above, and we're like, like when you watch a movie and you know the person's bad, and he says to the hero, hey, man, come on in the car for a second, and you're like, no, don't get in the car. These guys are like, hey, hey Nehemiah, why don't you come meet with us? I mean, it could have been an opportunity. Yet opportunities can easily distract us from our mission. Now, now what's the opportunity that this could have been for Nehemiah? I mean, Nehemiah could have said, well, you know what? The wall is almost done. There, there's so much little to do. Maybe, maybe I could go visit my enemies and, and we can start to make things right and I can win them to us and establish a good relationship with them. Maybe I can go see these enemies that have been, been gloating about how awful this is and I can brag about, look at what I did. We finished the wall. I mean, every day there are countless opportunities that come our way. I think more than ever before in the history of the world, we have so many opportunities. Opportunities for entertainment in the palm of our hand. Opportunities for travel. Opportunities for financial, for business, for career, for relationships. And, and, and it becomes so easy in our day to do things that don't matter. It's, a, it's never been easier to be passionate about wasting your time. And listen, again, if the devil can't destroy you, he'll get very excited simply distracting you. So many opportunities come our way, but these opportunities can actually kill the mission. And I've seen over the years, it's not the temptation to destructive things. It, it's, it's not that that always take me off mission, that mostly take me off mission. It's good things that draw me off mission. And what do we do? We sacrifice the greater for the good. It might be great to answer that text right then, but maybe you're sitting at the table with your family. Are you willing to sacrifice the greater for the good? Is, is having a Pinterest home all the time, perfectly clean, perfectly set up, is, is, is that the greater for your family? 
is, is being popular with all your friends or your coworkers or the, the people you go to school with? Is that what you're willing to sacrifice for the greater? I mean, what we often call an opportunity, God calls a distraction. And I find I can be busier than ever, accomplishing less than ever. I mean, Nehemiah's phone, it rings four times, right? Four times they ask him, and four times like, nope, nope, nope. In fact, in fact right now, let me teach you a biblical way to say no. It's important that how you do it's important. Here's the biblical way when a distraction comes, the way that you say no to that distraction. You ready? No. But that's it, right? No. You don't need to be angry. You don't need to frown. It's just, just no. In fact, right now, think of what are those two or three things? You know God's called you to this. And they're, they're the greater. They're the really important things that you're carrying out the mission of God. What's he called you to in your marriage, in your finances, in your ministry? Like, this is it, man. This is, I know God's called me to this, to do these things. Listen, listen. When other opportunities come up, we need to learn to say no. Don't allow yourself to be distracted by another event, another organization, another hobby, another activity, another piece of entertainment things that don't do anything to further the mission that God's called you to. In fact, I love how Nehemiah says it in verse three. Look again at verse three. He says, I sent messages to them saying, he says, I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? I love that, man. Underline that one in your Bible. That is such a great verse to have on the tip of your tongue. We can be out six nights a week taking advantage of all the opportunities while we're missing out on the purpose God has for our lives. Things that we need to learn to say, listen, I'm doing a great work. I can't come down to you. First distraction is opportunities. Here's our second distraction. Our second distraction is criticism and gossip. Now, Nehemiah, he's heard a ton of criticism over, over the time of building the wall, but, but now it starts to get personal. Now it's actually attacking him. In fact, look at verse 5 of Nehemiah chapter 6. Verse 5 says this, In the same way, Sanballat, for the fifth time, now five times he's bugging him, for the fifth time sent his servant to me with an open letter in his hand. And it was written, it is reported among the nations, and Geshem also says it, that you and the Jews intend to rebel. That's why you're building the wall. And according to these reports, you wish to become their king. And you've also set up prophets to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah, and now the king will hear of these reports. So come, let us take counsel together. Now you notice it says this, that this time they send an open letter. An open letter. The imagery, I mean, we use that term today. I'm sending an open letter. An open letter is a letter you're sending to a specific person, but you're blasting it all over the internet for everyone to read it. That's an open letter. Letters in this day, they would, they would be rolled up, tied to the string, and then sealed with a, a piece of clay that, that the person who gets it, he gets to break the seal and read it so nobody else can read what's written. Samblat on purpose sends this open letter. Why? So everyone who handles that letter along the way reads what's in it. I mean, the goal here is to spread some false rumors about Nehemiah. I mean, think about how much potential was here to distract Nehemiah. 
mean, I would say this, if you lead, if you step out to do a work, if you step out to be on mission for God, you will face criticism. I've heard it say this, said this way, that, that dogs only bark at moving cars, right? You start to move, the dogs are going to start to bark. And, and here's what criticism can do, though, as you step out. I mean, it can wreck you. If you, if you fully take it in, especially if it's untrue or unfair. I mean, for me, i got to tell you, when criticism comes, I, I want to defend myself. I, I want to lick my wounds. I, I want to I wanna gather other people around and throw a bit of a pity party about it. I, I sometimes just even want to just quit. But Nehemiah didn't allow himself to be distracted by this gossip, by this criticism. In fact, what did he do? Look at verse 8. Verse 8 says, Then I said to him, saying, No such thing as you say has been done, for you're inventing them out of your own mind. For they all wanted to frighten us, thinking their hands will drop from the work and it will not be done. But now, O oh God, strengthen my hands. Instead of chasing these rumors, Nehemiah calls it out as a lie, just straight out says, you're lying. And then he turns his attention to God, but now, oh God, strengthen my hands. Listen, don't let the whispers of people distract you from the call of God. Don't let it happen. Don't let it pull you away. You'll never do big things if you're always distracted by small-minded people. In fact, I would say this, I've heard this said before, don't worry about what people say, worry about what's actually true about you. And then, then step out and, and live a life that honors God and, and don't let the critics knock you off God's mission. Now I would say this, listen to good counsel. Find people around you who are godly people who speak into your life. Yeah, take that in and sometimes that's great criticism we need to hear. But listen, when you hear criticism that's just from the cheap seats, when you hear stuff being said that isn't true, take that to the Lord. Nehemiah didn't stop the work. He didn't even slow down the work. He just keeps going. He says, you're wrong. God, you deal with them. God, strengthen my hands. Don't be distracted by the criticism. Nothing attracts critics like vision. If you're passionate about what could be and should be, eventually someone's going to question your motives. Someone's going to question your enthusiasm. Someone's going to misunderstand your heart in the mission. Listen, don't be distracted by them. Don't let the critics take you out of God's mission. If that critic's in your home, you're saying, no, I know what God's called me to. I'm going to keep moving forward in this. I'm going to trust my heart to the Lord as I do this. Give the criticism to your father and get back to work. Actually, the best way we see here in Nehemiah chapter 6, the best way to silence the critics is finish the mission. I mean, the wall gets done, and look at what verse 16 says. It says, when all our enemies had heard of it, the wall being finished, all the nations around us were afraid and fell, fell greatly into their own esteem for they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Here's what I love about the story of Nehemiah. The, 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 nothing hugely miraculous or supernatural is taking place. Not what we would expect is supernatural. There's no talking donkeys. There's no fire from heaven. There's no burning bush. The bricks didn't just all of a sudden pile themselves up. There was no army of angels with flaming eyes and heavenly shotguns saying, we're going before you, Nehemiah. No, none of this happens in this story. It's an ordinary guy. Man, I hope you hear that. If you feel ordinary today, 
Like, I'm just an ordinary kid. I'm just an ordinary student. I'm just a, an ordinary woman, ordinary man, ordinary single person. I'm just an ordinary wife. I'm an ordinary husband. I'm just an ordinary parent. Listen, Nehemiah's an ordinary guy. His heart broken by a burden from the Lord. He takes it to the Lord in prayer, and then he just gets up and works. And he faces opposition. He faces distractions. He keeps his focus on the mission. And when it's done, look at what they say. They said, this has been done with a the help of our God. I mean, who's being glorified now with the mission accomplished? It's the one who called Nehemiah to the mission. It's the one who empowered it. It's the one who opened the doors. It's the one who made it possible. It's God in the middle of all of this. And even the people around perceive this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. So listen, in the trials, in the hardships, in the setbacks, in the struggles. Listen, God is with you. He's at work in you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is for you in this. He is empowering you in this. And his name will be glorified when the mission is accomplished. You were created for so much more. You were created by God, given gifts by God for greater things, to, to make a difference in your family, to transform things in our church, in our community. Listen, to make a difference to the nations. And don't let criticism and gossip distract you from what God's called you to. Take that to the Lord. Let him partner with you to accomplish what could be and should be for his glory and his namesake. And Nehemiah faced a third distraction here that could have killed the vision. And we unpacked this a lot last week, but I still want to mention it because it's so big. The third distraction is fear. I mean, that, that's how his enemies dealt, man. They dealt in fear. In fact, look at verse 10. It says, Now when I went to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, and the son of, of Metabel, who was confined to his home, he said this, Let us meet together in the house of God. Let's go into the temple, within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple, for they're coming to kill you. They're coming to kill you by night. His enemies dealing in, in fear all the time, trying to distract him with fear. Nehemiah tempted to hide out, tempted to hide in the temple, which is a violation of God's law. But once again, Nehemiah refuses the distraction. He, he refuses to let the whispers of fear drown out the promises of God. Because listen, every mission God calls you to is going to have an element of fear. Because God's going to call you to step out beyond what you could accomplish on your own. He's going to call you to reach beyond your grip. He's going to call you. So, so when we step out, it's so easy to doubt ourselves, to doubt our ability, to doubt our safety, to, to, to look at these risks we're taking. And there's often people that will be in your life who will point out the risks you're taking and say, well, this isn't reasonable. You shouldn't live like this. You shouldn't give away that much. You shouldn't step out like this. But over and over again in God's word, to those who are living on mission, what, what does God call us to? He says in Joshua 1.9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What's it say in 2 Timothy 1.7? For God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power and love and self-control. 
I mean, let's not get distracted by fear. Let's not get distracted by opportunities. Good opportunities are just plain old opportunities that, that take us away from the mission. Don't let criticism or gossip take your eyes off the mission. In fact, it's one of my favorite stories in the Gospels where Peter, he, he finds himself jumping out of a boat in the middle of a storm to walk on the water. Now, why would he do that? Because, because Jesus was out on the water, walking on the water, and he calls Peter out. Peter, come to me. Come out on the water. He asked him to step out of the boat into this risky mission. Peter, with incredible faith, jumps out of that boat, begins to walk on the water, his eyes fixed on Jesus. The mission's so clear. I just have to see Jesus and I can walk on this water. Now, now what happened was he was distracted. Distracted by fear. He begins to look around and, and he sees, wait a minute, wait a minute, there's a storm going on here. There's waves going, I'm walking on water. This should not be happening. He takes his eyes off of Jesus and begins to sink. His eyes came away from where his focus should have remained. And then after Jesus lifts him out of the water, gets him into the safety of the boat, what does he say to him? He says, Peter, why did you doubt? That word doubt, it literally means to have a double stance, to, to try to go in two different directions. Really what Jesus is saying is, Peter, why were you distracted? Why was your focus not on me? Listen, don't let opportunities take your eyes off of Jesus. Don't, don't let criticism take your eyes off of Jesus. Don't let gossip take your eyes off of Jesus. Don't let fear take your eyes off of Jesus. In fact, I, I wanna end by asking a couple of questions. Here's one question I wanna ask us this morning. What is it that's keeping you from getting up and stepping out to the work that God's called you to? What is it that's drawing your eyes off of being able to get up and work? What is it that's drawing your eyes off of being focused on Jesus? What, what opportunities right now do you find distracting you? What, what, what criticisms, what gossip, what fear is creeping in to, to stop you from seeing the vision that God has placed on your heart? And may, maybe for you this morning, may, maybe you need to write out that verse in Nehemiah chapter 6. I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Maybe you need to write that out and you need to tape it to your mirror in your home. Maybe you need to look at that verse and remember, this is the vision God gave me. Maybe you need to see that verse and say, this is the vision God gave me when I said I do. That one sunny day when I got married and I said I do. And I had a vision then of what my marriage would look like. Maybe you tape that verse and remember that verse when you go back to that day you first held that baby in your arms and you received a calling from the Lord to, to, to raise that child. Maybe that verse brings you back to that. Maybe that verse brings you back to when you remember, man, God called me to a mission. To do something for him that went so beyond the here and now. Maybe even this morning you need to take the time to, to be on your knees and say, Lord, Lord, I want to do this great work. And you can say to that distraction, I cannot come down. I have a great work I'm doing. Maybe the next time you're criticized, 
and you're just fed up and you're ready to quit? What if instead you realize that, that, that success will silence those critics? Instead of quitting the mission, you say, no, God, give me the strength to continue on in this and take one more step today. What if next time you feared your abilities, you you feared for your safety, you you feared that maybe this isn't going to work out? What if next time you were filled with doubt, you looked again to Jesus, the, the one who called you the author and perfecter of your faith? Harvest, let's be aware of the schemes of the devil to distract us. Let's not let the vision of what could be and should be according to what God's called us to get killed by the daily grind of distractions. And when you find distractions pulling you away that you'd have joy in being able to say to the distraction, hey, good idea, hey, great opportunity, but I've got a great work and I can't come down. And with all that being said, with, with five weeks now, five weeks of being inspired by God's word, five weeks of beginning to prepare our hearts for a mission, five weeks of being motivated by God for what he's called us to, listen, listen, you'll never finish what you don't start. Let's not end this series and not have nothing happen. Let's not just be hearers of the word, but be doers also and step out. Allow your heart to be burdened. Get down on your knees in prayer. Then get up and plan and work and go after it and trust the Lord when it's difficult. Trust the Lord in the trials. Fear the Lord more than we fear the smaller fears. And let's not let anything distract us from the greater work. And everything you do, you're doing for the glory of God. So lastly, let me ask you this question. What's the mission God's given to you? Maybe even this morning, you you take the time, if you have not already done this, and you write it down. You begin to put on paper, what would it look like for me to pursue this? What would it look like for me to pursue this as a man of God, a woman of God, a a student of God? What would it look like for me to pursue this? And then let's move, let's step out. Let's say no to anything that would cause us to step off of this mission that Christ has called us to. Because listen, if you're a follower of Christ this morning, I pray that you'd realize you've been created for something so much more. In fact, let, let me talk to those of you who, who right now, you're like, I am a follower of Christ, but I, I'm not on mission anywhere. I'm not on mission in my heart. I'm not on mission in my family. I'm not on mission in our community. And you're not using the gifts God's given you, the passion he's he's given you. You're not not using that. And listen, there's something that God has called you to. There's somewhere where God wants something done for his glory to make a difference in the lives of others. And it's not being done because you're not in the game. Maybe others of you, you you have stepped out. Man, you've jumped out of the boat, but you're starting to sink. You've been knocked off the wall you're supposed to be working on because it's been so hard. You know what you've been called to, but the difficulty of it. Listen, I want to pray for both of those right now. Let me pray for you, God. I, and I thank you so much that there are so many people that, that have a passion to be on mission for your glory. And God, I, I pray that you would stir up more of us. God, I pray that you would show us where we can serve you what it looks like to impact our families, what it looks like to reach out to our neighbors, what it looks like to go to the nations and have an impact of the gospel for your name. God, I pray that even now you'd be breaking our hearts for what breaks your heart. And then God, you give us the faith of what it looks like to step out 
the strength for us to keep our eyes focused on you. God, I, I pray right now for those who are listening. God, where, where there's discouragement. God, where they feel stuck in the mission they've been called to. God, I pray that you would help them to, to, to put you in front of whatever you've called them to in this season. To take another step, even just today, just another step towards you, eyes focused on you saying, this is what I'm going to accomplish today. God, for your glory. God, for those who are longing for something so much more, Lord, I just pray, God, that you would, you would give them that burden. God, you would give them that clarity of what that would look like. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, listen, for, for those of you who, I mean, God's brought you to, to hear this word today, and I believe this. God's brought you here because this is the start of a new life for you. My prayer is this, that, that, that you're watching, you're listening, and there's a, a mission he's calling to, and the mission he's calling you to this morning is to, for the first time, put your hope and your trust in him alone. That, that you would embrace this reality that Jesus came to live a life that you could never live. And then he died on the cross to take your sin, the punishment of a, a, a just and holy God against sin, and Jesus took that on your behalf, on the cross, all of your sin and shame, and brokenness. And then he rose again to conquer sin, and Satan, and yourself, to bring you new life, so that you could be saved, so that you could be transformed. You could be forgiven. You would become new. My prayer is this, that even right now, you would call out to God, God, today's the day. Today's a new start. Today's the beginning for me, where I, I turn from my sin, and I give my life to you, Lord Jesus. I want to follow you. I want to fully trust in you. Listen, if that's you this morning, if that's you, the, the prayer you would pray, man, I just pray this, reach out to somebody here at Harvest. Reach out to somebody you know who's a Christ follower and say, hey, would you walk out this mission with me together? Let me pray for all of us. Heavenly Father, God, I just ask by the power of your spirit that you would equip us, you'd equip your people, your, your children, your church to do what you've called us to do. God, even in this crazy COVID season where it seems like the mission is so much harder, but God, let's not be distracted by this, God, that we wouldn't be distracted by the things that we say we can't do, but God, you would raise up new passions. You would raise up new ways, God, that, that the mission you've called us to, we would be focused on it for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.